After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Hey, hey, Katherine here. I'm so glad you're tuning in. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. I'm super stoked that you're here. If you've been around for a bit, you know I'm all about keeping it real with you, showing you all sides of entrepreneurship and life. I mean, it's all connected, right? And this episode is no exception like all of the other ones because I am truly on a mission to show you and bring you a bunch of different perspectives when it comes to doing business, right? My whole goal and mission is to help you ditch the cookie cutter, one size fits all approach to marketing and sales. And so by bringing on different guests and me sharing different perspectives, that really will empower you to dish the cookie cutter, right? And this guest that I have on today is going to help you do just that. Because one of the things I keep hearing from you guys is, um, and my clients and my social media audience, you know, is that there's this kind of energy flying around right now, whether you're maybe feeling uninspired or you're not really loving the apps, you're not really loving being on social media, you're not loving having to show up all the time, maybe you're bored with it, right? You keep saying the th- same things kind of over and over because you want to create that consistency and cohesiveness in your message, but you're kind of getting bored of it. Um if, the, if you're feeling that way, then this episode is going to be a really good episode to have a listen to because I want you to know that social media is just one way to grow your business. There are a bunch of different strategies that will help you attract your ideal clients that will help you get your message out, that will help you create an impact. And this particular guest is just that. She is the CEO and president of Million Dollar Story Agency. Her name is Jamie Wolf. And her purpose really is to inspire others to dream big, just like mine, implement fast, never quit, and stay surrounded with epic, amazing, inspirational humans always. She's the founder also of the Wolf Tide Publishing and a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author herself. Jamie has helped many six, seven, and eight-figure entrepreneurs reach bestseller status and stay in the top 25 to 100 for 12 plus months. And she's going to share with you today how to become a best-selling author, even if you don't know how to write, even if you're like, I don't know what to write about, right? Which is a big pain point that a lot of people come to me with is like, Catherine, what do I say? How do I say it in order to resonate with my ideal clients? And Jamie is going to share with you exactly how to do that when it comes to writing a book uh, and getting published and not just getting published, right, to get on a bookshelf or whatnot, or to check it off a box and say, hey, look, I published a book, but to actually do it so that you can use that book to attract high paying clients into your business and to surround yourself with other leaders in your industry. So without further ado, let's welcome Jamie to the show. Hey, hey, I am super stoked to have Jamie on the show. I know that so often we hear so much about promoting ourselves on social media and showing up and creating content and doing all of, you know, a lot of the traditional marketing stuff in order to grow your business. But Jamie's here to share with us how to publish a top selling book as a way to generate leads and customers in our business. So without further ado, I'm just going to turn it over to you, Jamie, uh, so that you can share with our listeners who you are and what you do. Fantastic. Catherine, thanks so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. My name is Jamie Wolf. I am the owner and founder of something called Million Dollar Story Agency. Wow, that's a mouthful. Um, (laughs) The couple reasons that it has that crazy long name is 
I had a mentor that said, everything you do, three words. Okay. Million dollar story. I had to type in, you know, agency, cause that is the type of work that we do in the format, but it's million dollar story for a couple of reasons. One is as a woman, I have worked in tech and, um, business for a long time in investing and working with venture capitalists, angel capital people. So I worked in a very male dominated field for a really long time and saw insane amounts of money fly around and everyone got very comfortable playing with that kind of money. And then I went to work with women, not to say there aren't women making millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I have published a bunch of them, but women tend to shy away from the thought of it is absolutely okay, normal, acceptable to say, I'm going to have a million dollar run rate or more. So I really wanted women to start talking about the fact that we are fully capable and should be loud about saying, yeah, we're building a million dollar business. So let's talk about it. Let's just keep saying those words and don't, they don't feel icky in any way or impossible because they are absolutely possible. And then secondly, as you build these big businesses, you will fall down, get up, fall down, get up, fall down, pivot, get up. And you become somebody in the process of doing all of that. You become someone who wears the clothing, not literally, you don't have to go spend 10 tons of money, but you as you can see, looking, if you're seeing me, you can tell I'm not like overly fancy here at the moment, but you know, that the concept of who we become in the process of generating a million dollars is we just step into the role of service and being bigger and leading the way and being brave and all of those things. So, wow, that was a long-winded way of, by way of saying why it's called Million Dollar Story Agency. And what we do is we help entrepreneurs specifically who have offers that start at 5,000, go up to about 50,000 or more specifically, co-author books that we take to Wall Street Journal, USA Today, bestseller. And then we feature those authors in Times Square in New York City, where we do a big celebration book launch and put the authors on the NASDAQ billboard. And there's a whole host of reasons we do all that, but that's what I do. That's amazing. And I love that, you know, you came out of that male dominated workforce. I feel like when I worked in corporate, I worked with a lot of in a lot of male dominated industries. And so I love the shift of like really empowering women to really step into that and to own the fact that, yeah, it's it's okay to have a message to create that million dollar business, to stand out, to take up space. Um, and I also love the reference of um where you, you know, you're like, I'm not all fancy. No one's going to see the video. It's just audio. But it's one of the things I often talk about too, is like, as our, as we step into that version of building a million dollar business, what does that actually look like? And are we holding on to some preconceived idea of what a million dollar business owner should look like? I ditched corporate and I ditched the suits because I didn't want to wear suits. <laughs> And I, and I love wearing my leggings and my comfy shirts. And so I'm like, I'm going to reinvent what the million dollar business owner looks like. Um, and there's nothing wrong with suits. If people want to wear stilettos and suits, that's cool. But I'm also like, you know, just be, be used. So how does, so in terms of the books that you publish and co-authoring, what does co-authoring mean? Sure. Great question. I tend to call these books anthologies and then realized that was about as clear as mud. Um, so then I started talking about, well, you collaborate, you're sharing a stage. Everyone can picture like, oh, you know, pay to play to be on stage. You know, I got to be with Tony Robbins or somebody else. If you're already at that level, you're not paying to stand next to Tony Robbins or Dean Graciosi or, you know, people like that. But it is the idea of in the pages of a book, we make the pages a stage, you share this stage it does a couple of things for you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to address it because sometimes people who aren't in this space and there's no reason you all should know this, but the, the thought of, oh, I might get lost in the noise. I, you know, I want my own book. I want to shine. Fine, go do that. The thing is you don't have to write just one book. So please don't, you know, Jack Canfield <laughs> has 500 million billion, whatever copies, like a lot, a lot of copies because he wrote several individual books and he co-authored with so many different people over and over and over. So first let go of once you write one book, you're done. You're not, please don't be done. Keep going. And then secondly, 
yes, you can have your own book when it's the right time and you have enough content. But if you co-author one, you go way faster. So in our world of entrepreneurship, we have to be agile. We have to adapt. We also chase shiny objects and we get bored really fast. So if you start a book and your publisher says, oh yeah, we'll put that out two years from now, two years from now, you'll forget why you ever wrote that content because you have grown and evolved and moved on to something bigger and better. Or a pandemic happens and the whole economy and world changes. And if it took two years from what you were preaching to have it get published, good luck with that. So when you only have to write 20 pages of content instead of 200 pages of content, we go faster. And then for people who say, oh my God, I don't like to write. I can't, please don't make me put a sentence together. I would rather eat asparagus. Um, you know, we can take care of that for you because the beautiful thing about technology is we can use and repurpose content that you've already put out. We can give you a framework. We can show you how to record. We can work from a transcript. Caveat, please don't just publish a straight transcript. It's <laughs> excruciating to read. So that's not quite the same. But in a co-authored book, the beauty is, and I, I joke, I am really good at math, but if we pretend that I'm not great at math, if I have an audience of a thousand and you, Catherine, have an audience of a thousand and we put ourselves together, each of us now automatically has an audience of 2000 without doing any extra work or having any extra spend. And on top of that, my audience who didn't know who you were and your audience who didn't know who I was, we now, you know link arms and go, Hey, have you met my friend, Catherine? She's amazing. You can trust her. That audience just became warm. Even if it's only lukewarm, it's warmer than just straight cold. They know you. So they will trust who you are edifying and recommending. So you double your audience size and it's now a warm audience with no work. So if you have 10 authors in a book, if some of them have a million followers or a 40,000 email list, imagine what happens to your material, the distribution. So a book is a distribution tool. If you come from the more um, traditional business concept of ecosystems and supply chains and distribution, it's all about moving. I, I like to say, you know, you can generate as much electricity any which way, shape, or form is politically correct to generate that electricity. But if you don't distribute it correctly, well, you can flip your switch and nothing is going to happen. So we want to think of a book as a distribution tool, and we want that switch to get flipped and have people go, wow, I need this. I want this. Um, so anthology, back to the original question, is just a group of people being in the same book. And it does not have to be on the same topic. I create books around themes. So the most recent book we did was Million Dollar Identity, going back to that concept of who do you become in the process of having a six, seven, eight, or nine-figure business. One before that was Million Dollar Moms, Million Dollar Dads. It was entrepreneurs who were talking about raising children as entrepreneurs or raising children in a unschooled environment. Um, we have one coming up called Million Dollar Faith. We have another one coming up called Million Dollar Proximity. The concept of sometimes who you're in the room with changes your trajectory. And we want to share stories about that. And you can see as a writer, I'm also talky, um, wordy. So I'll, I'll be love quiet it. for a minute. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and I love that you explained the, what a co-authoring is. Cause I think that's a question that a lot of people would say is like, I want my own book or I want my own stage and, and all of that. And one of the things I'm such a proponent about is like, how do we leverage other people's audiences, whether it be podcasts, whether it be books, right? Like how do we go faster, quicker without having to put a ton of effort and time into something? So I think of social media content, right? It's like this chart, this very organic growth, which is a long-term game in a lot of ways, whereas this really allows you to position yourself, one, as an authority, but also partner with other people in the industry. You touched on something really important, and that was the million-dollar proximity, and that the rooms that you put yourself in, the communities that you put yourself in, have the capacity to catapult your business and completely skyrocket it. 
Can we talk a little bit about that piece of it? Because I think the I think the co-authoring is kind of that in a way, right? It's just done in book format. So how have you seen the authors that you've worked with today, their businesses completely transform because they've done a book or they've put themselves in the room with massive leaders in the industry, let's just say. Absolutely. So that lets me talk about a couple of things. So what a great question. One is, you know, I work with lots of people. I talk with lots of people. As with anyone, you have all sorts of different types of personalities and different people are motivated by different things. So once in a blue moon, and this is the exception rather than a rule, someone will say, well, who else is in the book? Because I don't want to lower myself by Mm -hmm. being in the book with someone who isn't as important as I am. But that is truly rare, which makes me a happy camper. Most people will say, if they're really, really elevated and at the top, will say, I want to give back to the community. I want to reach down to the people who are rung or two lower, you know, behind me, not lower, behind me. They haven't gotten to my stage yet because I know what it's like to be hustling and be scrappy. And so if I can simply by my name and my authority and credibility that I've already created, lend that to the other folks who are going to be in this book and elevate them simply by saying, oh, I was in a book with Dr. Myron Golden. Oh, I was in a book with Kiana and she's been, you know, a multiple Wall Street Journal bestseller and she's on TV all the time and she's been at NASDAQ and featured and like, wow, can I be in a book with her? So there are many big influencers who know the power of their name and they're absolutely fine with sharing that stage with a lesser known, no name person in the book. And then there are a group of people who, you know, they just crossed a million dollar run rate or they're now heading for the $10 million run rate and they haven't quite gotten there yet. And they're saying, we're striving and we're hustling. You maybe haven't heard of me because I work in kind of this off grid sort of area. And yet if I'm together with a bunch of other people who have the same mindset that I do, that's going to elevate everything. I think two good examples is in New York last month, the last book launch that we had, um, you know, I'm sort of behind the scenes and working with the hotel and we just come off COVID card proof requirements. And like, there was a lot in transition and we were working with unions and it was like, you have a cap, like absolutely no more people in the room than this. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then one of the super huge influencers said, Hey, guess who just flew into town to be on the good morning America show. Can he come to dinner? I'm going, <laughs> um, the obvious answer is yes, but I also know all of these restrictions and contracts that I've signed and things I've agreed to in the background. I was like, hold that thought one second. And so I ran off and it's like, look, I'm not eating. If you need me to step out of the room, I will do that. This person needs to be in the room. And so arbitrarily, because great people know other great people and it's a magnet and attracts everybody in that room, then got the opportunity. And of course, he's very good at what he does. So he walked around to every single person, gave them a hug and said, what's your phone number? I'd love to stay in touch. And he was like, he just collected 40 texts, you know, amazing, being able to text people and start dropping his offers all the time. And then the other thing that happened in that room is I met someone. It was someone who came in as a guest, not someone who had participated in that particular offer. But man, in another month, when we launch this thing that we've cooked up, it's going to be really, really fun. And so you just never know. Okay. So the second part is you asked, how does it change their business? And that lets me talk about ROI for books. I tease people. So I always ask, what does success look like to you when this book is done, whether it's your anthology or your own book, when it's all done and it's written and it's published what has to happen for you to be very pleased? Because I will tell you this, if you're writing a solo authored book and you are taking it to Wall Street Journal bestseller, if you write it yourself, you might spend $100,000. If you have a ghostwriter, 
you might be spending $250,000 between the ghostwriter, the editor, and getting it launched, all of the marketing efforts. So it is not inexpensive. It's not a do-it-yourself, self-published effort to get a book on those great big lists. So you're saying, how darn many books do I have to sell to first break even if I've just spent 200 grand and then make money? So I'll say, hey, do you write about zombies, vampires, maybe? Because if you're not writing about those things, you will not sell enough copies of a book to warrant the marketing expense. However, if you're a business owner, you're running Facebook ads, you're running YouTube ads, you're running Google ads, you're paying people to help you with the organic marketing that you're doing. I hope you're not like doing all of it yourself. There are expenses in running your business. So you have outlay every single month regardless. And the bigger your business is, the more monthly outlay that you have. So if you're going to spend it on thing A, or you're going to spend it on thing B, and at this point, thing B is this book and marketing it all the way to Wall Street Journal bestseller. If what you're doing within that book is very strategically positioning your offer, and if your offer is a $20,000 offer, then you don't have to sell very many of those in order to have an ROI. And then after that, you go past that. The other thing, if you can say, hey, my most recent book was number two on the Wall Street Journal list. And did you see me on the NASDAQ billboard? And if we have this launch event and you've got collecting about six months worth of marketing material with all the photo shoot opportunity and you're networking and like the paparazzi because of all the people that you're with. Once you hit bestseller, you get invited to higher level podcasts. You get invited to be a keynote speaker. You get invited to participate in summits. You get invited to come be the guest speaker on something. You get invited to co-author in other books. So you start snowballing the publicity. PR takes notice. They start either soliciting you to purchase their services or they just start writing articles about you. And so now your SEO and your ranking is just climbing higher. When people type your subject area, your name comes up. So again, yeah, you could say, damn, that's a lot of money to put into a book, but the ancillary product and result that you get from it is huge. And now maybe you have the ebook version, the digital version of it that you can use as your lead magnet for low cost or free. You have a print book version that you can now stick into a book funnel with your free plus um, free plus shipping printed tangible book. And we know a whole bunch of influencers that have done that very successfully. They may be actually losing a little bit of money on that book because you have the cost to print it. You have the cost to fulfill it and ship it. And yet what it's done is it's brought people into the beginning of your value ladder. So the money gets made on the end. And then when we turn the books into audio books, which we always do, then you have that little additional thing that you can sell. So by the time you've got your ebook, your print book and your audio book, maybe you're only making 40, 50, 60 bucks off of that. But that means you've got 60 bucks to acquire a customer. And so now you've got money to pay for your Facebook or your YouTube ads. And then if you're selling a $5,000, $10,000, $25,000 thing on the back end, that's 99% to 100% profit for you. That came from a book. We create the book. It goes out into the world. It doesn't disappear in 30 days or 365 days, or two years, it is always out there. So please keep your links active. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you touch on the whole ecosystem of it because it's one of the things I often teach my clients, but I also really am like a promoter of is like, if you create a podcast episode, like it's living and breathing, it's out there. If you're a guest on someone's podcast, if you're publishing a book, it's living and breathing. But we don't want to look at the ROI of like, what's it costing me to produce the book? It's like, what is the ROI, the return that you're going to get from being in the room with these influencers, being in the space and community with them, having the photo ops, 
again, right, is like the elevation and the traffic that comes into your business as a result. What is the qualification? Like, do you reach out to authors or can they reach out to you and say, hey, I want to be in a book? Like, how does that work? It goes both ways. So I have a site and on that site, people will come in and they will simply ask to schedule a strategy call with me, super short or someone on my team. And there are qualifying questions. So once they get to schedule the call, if they can't answer certain questions, you know, money commitments and things of that sort, they're disqualified. They don't get to the phone call. The other way it happens, sometimes it's word of mouth. So people come to me and say, you know, I've got a group of us, weird example, but really (laughs) interesting about how you can be in the same space, but not compete. If you think about a divorce attorney who works with celebrities and say they've got a multi-million dollar house and they've got multi-million dollar investments, if the retainer for that attorney is $500,000, that's cheap compared to what that person might lose if the divorce doesn't go well. Yeah. So if you have a high-end divorce attorney like that, well, what else happens in the divorce? If their kids, maybe you need a psychiatrist that deals with children. If there are, you know, assets that have to be sold in order to be split. Okay. Maybe you need a real estate person. Maybe you need a financial investment person. Maybe your stress is really high. So now we need a sleep expert or a breathing expert. You know, if you think about divorce, you maybe not don't think about someone who helps you how to breathe, but in a book that is targeting somebody who might be going through this scenario. And even if you don't have that money and you hope you never, ever, ever get divorced, it's kind of like, watching the wreck on the side of the highway. You're so curious. You're just going to dive in and read the book. Um, not to make light of horrible situations. Yes, but- <laughs> those things can, you know, as everybody has seen between what's his name and what's her name, you know, everybody is obsessed with how awful and toxic that whole scenario is. So I'm not trying to make yeah. fun of it, but the, the idea is that you can come together around a theme. So sometimes people will come to me and say, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. I know about six other people that would also speak to this in every single book though, Catherine, regardless of what the topic is, what's really reassuring to me is the themes are so similar it doesn't matter that you're a steady eight or nine figure earner now. Yeah. You had a rough start. And I assume or presume that everybody who's super successful, especially if they got there younger and faster, maybe came from a great education, a really stable home, decent finances. And that's not the case. It doesn't matter where in the world you've come from or how broke you've been, or whether you were a refugee coming over by boat and you almost drowned, or you were someplace else and didn't speak English and got here, or you were white trash or any color trash. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All of the stories go, get up, believe. If I can do this, you can do this. And you go, God, if I hear that one more time, I'm just going to puke because I haven't done it yet. This, But then you back off of that and you go, you know what? You're right. I can. They did. They're going to give me some help. They got mentors. Let me try to. And you, you get to pick the people that you align with. And that's the other kind of cool thing about a book. It repels the people that aren't your qualified clients. So a lot of the way... I invite anyone out there considering writing a book. If they are doing it for a business reason, please be super strategic. You want to do something that's going to tell stories so that you are relatable. You want to qualify your prospects as potential customers and clients. You want to repel the people that you don't ever want to work with that maybe have money mindset issues. It's maybe it's nothing wrong with them. They're just not ready yet. They haven't gotten to where the thing that you offer is going to serve them now. And that's okay. Maybe they'll come back. You want to teach a little, you want to address objections so that ideally by the time they are done reading your content and they've seen some success stories and some case studies that they will have a closing call with you and not a sales call. Yeah. It's job. 
I love that a closing call, not a sales call, because I think we've been taught, you know, to get on these discovery calls, these sales calls, especially as coaches, consultants, online business owners. Right. And it's like, I hear so much from my clients, you know, Catherine, I'm, I've been doing these discovery calls or sales calls and they feel like such a waste of time. And it's because they haven't pre-qualified the people, right? Like even your process, I've got these qualifying questions. And then if you can answer them, you're disqualified. And yet a lot of entrepreneurs getting into the industry, almost it's that validation they need. Oh, someone booked a call. So I'm just going to get on the call. And then the clients I end up working with, cause I sell a high, high ticket is they're burnt out by the time they come to me because they've tried all the things that just don't work or they've seen success, but it's been with the wrong type of clients. They've worked with clients that have drained them energetically or whatever it might be. So I love that you talk about really pre-qualifying and getting strategic. You also, you know, there's the back end of this, right? It's like the writing of the book is one thing, publishing the book is another, but then creating the momentum around it after because you host events, right? And that's a big part of selling it. So can we talk a little bit about that strategy piece of why an event and going to New York and doing all those things is so important if you want your book to stand out? Absolutely. Um, so a couple of things that are, are funny, we were chatting about, you know, we don't have to look fancy to be running a multi-million dollar business. And I grew up in corporate. I also grew up in New York City. And so when I was a kid, it was just an era where everyone was pretty formal. If you walked out the door and my family was like crazy about it. So for years and years and years, super dressy was kind of like a nightgown for me. It was just what I wore. I was really comfortable, but I live in a really small town in the country now and we've had COVID and I don't have to put shoes on and, and things of that sort. And so this whole thing of going to New York and wanting to be respectful of the people I was going to be around. I knew that I had to go back to my former self and put the makeup on and get the hair done and wear the shoes and, and all of this. And so I've got some pictures of me where I took us like, look at what everybody went to just to get me to put a really nice dress on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but coming together, there's just something and I think people can really truly relate to this after a couple of years of Zoom. Yeah. I am talking to you. We're having a conversation. This is a great connection. It is not the same as seeing you in real life. It's not the same as having a cup of coffee or a five-star dinner with you in a place. When you are so we host our events at the Knickerbocker Hotel because it's about a half a block away from Times Square. It is one of the best hotels in New York City. It's very, very exclusive. When you walk in the door, you just feel darn important. Um, <laughs> and so I think it's not that we have to have ego, but when you know, kind of like at the Olympics, you train for four years to be on your best performance, and the world is watching. And why would you, like Marianne Williamson said, why would you not shine your light as brightly as you could at that moment? Because you've been gifted with this experience or expertise that you now have turned into a business so that you can assist other people who have dreams and goals, but they don't quite know how to use what they got yet. And so yeah. that's where you step in. So when we host an event in person and no business is taking place. Although kind of like on a golf course, there's always business taking place when you've got a bunch of people who just are entrepreneurs and they strike up a conversation and yeah. their juices start spinning. So, but there wasn't intentional business. We didn't have speakers. We didn't have anyone selling from the back of the room. It truly was a moment to celebrate, have book signing, and it was fun. And I do have to remind myself on occasion because I've written a lot of books and it's like, oh yeah, I'm an author. Yep. I'm a best-selling <laughs> author. For people who haven't done it before, it's like, holy cow, I'm a best-selling published author. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, and so I don't ever want to like just treat it and take it for granted. So it's important to celebrate and it is the culmination. So when we talk about books, we break it up into, you know, there's the writing part. That is the littlest, bittiest portion 
of the whole thing. And again, someone who thinks about, I've always wanted to write a book. I have a book inside me. I have this cathartic story. Oh my God, this thing happened. Go ahead, write that book later. Let's not do it for your first one. If you're focused on business, please. And I do not mean to sound insulting. I'm sorry. Um, I'm making fun. And all of those stories are certainly important. You know, Brene Brown is very famous for talking about being vulnerable. So those stories are obviously important and we do relate to them. I just want to make sure that for your time, energy, effort, and money, the first thing that you do is going to give you rewards and recognition when it's elevating your credibility, your authority, your visibility, your influence. It's making sure that you are bringing people consistently who are qualified into the beginning of your value ladder. You've got their email address. You keep nurturing them with a nurture sequence, and eventually you're going to interact with them. So we write it, we publish it. That's also like a teeny tiny thing. There's a lot involved. There is, and I I get way too granular sometimes. Of, oh my God, the formatting and the this and the that and yeah. the other. Because someone says, can't you just upload it for me? And I'm like, oh, fingernails <laughs> on a chalkboard. No, like, yes, you can do that. But at the professional level, yeah. we want to make sure we've done all these other things. So that's another little thing. The marketing is huge. And the marketing is the difference between, you know, 5 million new titles get published on Amazon every single year. There's gazillions of books on Amazon. If you check the box, I wrote a book. Great. If all you want to do is print the book and hand it out as a business card or take it to conferences with you, if that's success, great. But if having a Wall Street Journal bestseller is important to you, you may already be at the top of your game. You may already be verified on Instagram with a little blue check mark. You may already have more money than you need, but you are willing to pay the money to have this next thing, kind of like getting your honorary PhD. It's just a nice to have. It makes you feel better. People look at you differently. They respond to you differently. Amazon bestseller is great. Wall Street Journal USA Today bestseller is better. New York Times bestseller is better. I don't help with that. Um, But, you know, that's a different category. Like if you're a former president, you're probably going to have a New York Times bestseller. But the idea is there's different reasons. Again, success looks different. Sometimes it's just a tax write-off, you know, I got to really get rid of like this kind of money at the moment and have it be an expense. So I'm happy to send this money and get this fringe benefit from it. It's okay. Totally. Totally. And you talk about success looks differently for everyone. It's something I often say to people is like, you've got to define what that success looks like. And so I like that you asked people before, like, what would success look like if you published this? Like, what is it? Is that a hundred new leads into your business? Is a, you know, what selling a hundred new offers? Like, what is it? Or is it just visibility or a fringe benefit? Like, what is the goal behind it? So if somebody came to you and they didn't have a group of people they want, wanted, didn't have a group of people and they were just a solo person saying like, Hey, I want to write about this. You work to build that in, or how does that work? If you just have a one-off person coming to you with an idea. So I take everybody's ideas seriously and talk about them and try to think of where is the market for that? We have a waiting list. So we have book titles that we feel are strategic for our business and our group of entrepreneurs, because one of the things that we promote sort of quietly behind the scenes is the opportunity to do joint ventures, the opportunity to do affiliate partnerships, the opportunity to host each other on their podcasts or have each other at their events. And so we do create a community within the Million Dollar Story Agency um, community said that word twice, Yeah, pay attention (laughs) to words, but um, (laughs) the idea is that we do want people who are aligned. So we've had people who sell business to government. We've had people who sell business to business, business to consumer. So it doesn't all have to be in the digital marketing space. It could be e-commerce. It could be a, a, you know, a, like a pavement management group. We've got one of those who's selling to, um, municipalities. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
if someone comes in with an idea, I want to explore why that's relevant and why they don't have anyone else that would fit that because that's also like, really? Because when I said to you, million dollar proximity, I think a lot of people can relate to being in the room. Like you just want to, people will pay $50,000 to join an inner circle or year long mastermind, not necessarily because they need to learn one thing that they can go, yep, that was worth $50,000, but so they can get in the room with other people who have $50,000 to invest in their own growth. Yeah. And that is the other thing is these investments are never like, oh, I'm handing this money to you. So you get this thing done for me. Like I'm not fixing your car. Yeah. <laughs> we are investing in your growth as a business person. And so again, what does success look like to you? What does, where does this fit in your overall strategy? And I'm not in charge of your overall strategy. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question for you is that, you know, do you help people that like that come to you strategically position themselves? Like if they come to you with a story and they're like, this is what I'm going to talk about. Like, does your team support them in like really honing that positioning within the book? Or is that up to the person coming to you with the story? That's an interesting question. So a couple of the things that I've learned, I think we've published like 80 authors so far. Um, and a couple of the things that I have learned is that, you know, if you're a person who's got 2 million, million followers on Instagram <clears throat> and you don't want to write a sentence, and so we ask you to talk and you talk and we transcribe it, and then our editors go to town and we come back with this beautifully polished work and your audience goes, who the hell is that? Like that does not sound like who I listen to on Instagram. So we give people a framework so that from chapter to chapter to chapter, the flow doesn't make the reader seasick. Yeah. So that like the beginning is all about the same context, the middle, you know, the next part, the next part, the next part. So we put it into a succinct framework so that there is a flow across the entire volume of work. However, within each chapter, depending on what your business is and who you are and how you speak, it could come across pretty differently. And I've learned that it's really important to keep that difference because uh. your audience knows you. And if we make it too academic, <laughs> excuse me, too grammatically correct, um, it actually loses something. I have learned the hard way that if you have a Gary Vee sort of person with that kind of colorful language and you have someone who's very um, like family oriented, yeah, to put them in the same book causes problems. <laughs> so I never wanted to be the person who censored anything. I've learned it's my responsibility as a publisher to censor, to get a, a content agreement across the board that, you know, obviously like every Facebook group you join says no hate speech, no bullying, no stuff. So of course we have that as a baseline, but as far as the type of language or anything that feels a little bit in your face, we've had to tone some of that down. But other than that, we let it go because it's important for each audience to really recognize the person that they follow. I that love it. your question. Yeah, I love okay. it because I think um, as a create, like as entrepreneurs, right, typically we have, it's a creative expression of a lot of what we're doing, right? Someone like Gary Vee is very known for his personality, his colorful language, and he he's known for that and you either love it or you hate it. And so I often wonder when you're going and co-authoring, like how much stipulation or writing and ripping apart is actually really done. And so I love that you protect the person's essence and personality, but also equally can see like whose personalities and voices will fit together better than others. So that's awesome. How did you get started in this? Like where, like, I, I, I want to know your story. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. <laughs> I host a, a podcast called Million Dollar Pivot. And I started that because I'm old and I have friends who go, would you stop saying that all the time? And it's like, but really look at the calendar. Yeah. Um, and so 
because I have lived as many years as I have lived, I have had many pivots and most of them have not been my idea. So the concept of how do you pick yourself up again? How do you respond to what things are coming in your direction? Can you do it with some modicum of grace and get up and make it worth your while again? The backstory to that as succinctly as possible is I was in corporate. I have three children. They're all adults now, but the middle one, when she was not an adult, got sick. And so it changed up our existence. We ended up, I ended up co-founding a company that was a medical device and disease management company, kind of like the movie Lorenzo's Oil, you know, a parent that was just super motivated to find a way to help my kid and then understood that there were other kids that could use some of this technology. I didn't know what the word entrepreneur was, never heard of it, just knew that I was doing a thing to help the kid. And super silly, odd. I never read Oprah magazine, but for some reason there was an O magazine laying around and there was an MD in there who wrote regularly a little feature segment. And I read an article of his and I was like, oh, he would be a great person to be our medical advisor. So I emailed him because he gave an email address and I was like, this is my idea. Can we talk? So I got a message from the secretary, like you can have 15 minutes on this day, got on the phone an hour and a half later, we were still talking and he's like, so do you have a company? Mm, no, not yet. It's like, do you have investors? Mm, no. It's like, but you've got the product, right? And I was like, not really. <laughs> and he's like, when you have those three things come back to me. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, you've got something here. So that was how a person who wrote for O Magazine became our um, medical director for the company that we eventually created and you know, eventually created the product, eventually got the funding. Amazing. But that was how I got into that. And then I tell people, and then I had my Steve Jobs moment where I got fired from my own company. Um, that was interesting. So it was horrible and it was painful and it was terrible and it involved financial loss as well as everything else. But I had been bitten by the entrepreneurial bug. And so I was like, I am not going back to a nine to five and like eight days of paid vacation. I'm just not doing that now that I've tasted what this other thing is like. And I worked harder than I've ever worked in my life. I worked 24 seven for that company because it was for my kid. And yeah. I would talk to anybody. It's like sales. And I wasn't doing sales. I was helping my child. Totally. So, um, it, it really was fascinating. So I went to work for something called economic development. Never heard of that before either. Um, and if you haven't, like me, hadn't heard of it, anyone listening, every single town, city, county, region, state, country has yeah. economic development that is simply an entity there to design jobs. So the one I went to work for was for warehousing, manufacturing, and distribution, but they sat in a place with a lot of universities and a lot of retired corporate people with money. And so they said, Jamie, we don't have anyone who knows anything about entrepreneurship. Would you come be director of entrepreneurial development? And I was like, absolutely. So I did that for a while. I found myself saying, getting asked similar questions over and over and over. I'm not a super patient person. And so it's like, <laughs> I know how to solve this problem. I'm just gonna write down all the questions and all the answers. I'm gonna put it in a book. And it's like, oh, and then I've always wanted to write a book. So I'll write the book, there you publish go. the book. And I was like, yay, now I'm a published author. Wow. Writing and publishing is so different from marketing and selling. <laughs> and that was my first understanding that just because you've published a book does not mean that you have moved that book off the shelf at all. And in my case, I didn't stop to think about what success looked like before I did it. I was just solving an immediate problem. And then my ego got in there and I was like, well, damn, son, I'm like, nobody wants my book. Why does nobody want my book? It's because I hadn't done any SEO. I hadn't positioned it correctly. I hadn't thought about marketing or advertising or anything. I was just giving my book to all the people who were annoying me. So, <laughs> entrepreneur, 
shiny object, went to work as a consultant, went and did all these other things. And then I moved to this little itty, 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 bitty town. And I kept having birthdays. And it's like, what am I going to do to stay relevant? And nobody in this town is going to pay me what I'm used to getting paid. So what do I do about that problem? That was when I entered this world of online marketing, digital marketing, digital courses, coaching, and started learning this. And my original intent, to be honest, was to help people who had already written published and marketed to Amazon bestseller thinking, I got my degree from the Institute of Integrated Nutrition in New York. I love everything to do with nutrition. I hate my job. I wrote this book and I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to help people talking about nutrition. And that scenario never plays out. So it's like with my business background, I will just take this person who I know has the money because they invested it in getting that book done. And I'm going to go help them build the business. And in the process of doing that, I kept meeting people like, oh, you know how to write? Can you help me write? I was like, heck no, I have no patience. I'm not being your writing coach. And writing is easy. What's what's wrong with you? Um, I'm a horrible person. Anyway, (laughs) then they say, can you help me publish? And I was like, seriously, go look on Amazon, KDP, list of instructions, do that. Yeah. And then I realized, you know, people want to stay in their lane. They may be really good at all that Instagram, social media, and the thought of reading a set of directions and following them stops them in their track. I'm the person that gets stopped in their track if you ask me to do a video on Instagram. So I get it. Like we each have our strengths and weaknesses. And then people said, could you help me become a bestseller? And I was like, oh dear God, it's an algorithm game. Don't do that. What a waste of time. Yeah. And then a dear friend of mine said, Jamie, Yes. It's like, you are always telling people to listen to what the market tells you. Are you listening to what the market is asking for? And I was like, oh. (laughs) So that was when I um, started saying, okay, people want help writing. People want help publishing. People want help marketing. They did make a very good case. If you've got five um, fitness instructors all side by side, they look really good. They've got a loyal following. But if one of them raises a hand and says, hey, I'm a published bestselling author, new people who don't know them yet will go, there's something about that one. I'm going to go with that one. Don't know what, but it's just this instinctive. We feel like they must be more trustworthy or smarter, or more importantly, they're going to get me better results because actually I really don't care about the fitness guy. I just want better results. And so becoming the best-selling published author does that. And then I was like, I want to start an agency, but I don't have a book to publish. Like, how do I go hire all the people for the agency if I don't have a book? So I just asked 10 people, like, would you write a chapter? That is the very strategic way I got started doing what I did. Amazing. Amazing. It's like, you kind of just like, yeah, breadcrumbed your way to, right. It's like, you've got all this experience though. And it's true. It's like people oftentimes as like for, as a copywriter, you know, it's exactly that, right. It's people like, I don't want to write my copy. Like, you know, I'm good at, I can talk and I know what I want to say, but to actually then put that into like written word is just not my jam. And I love to write too. So, um, so that's so awesome. I was so intrigued by like how you got into what you do. I yeah. really wish I could say it was so intentional and so strategic. And so I have a goal I'm going to get from here to there and I'm going to do it fast. I do feel like having read as many stories as I've read from different successful entrepreneurs that when you organically stumble into something, it does seem to really be a good thing that when it happens by accident, if you will, that the universe or whoever else is leading you to where you, your set of strengths intersects with somebody else's um, thing that you can really help them with. So and I totally, I totally agree with that. It's that like that. And again, my story is like a pivot, 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 pivot. Right. And, and I think, like you said, lots of successful entrepreneurs is like, how did you get into that? It's like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you stumbled into it in a lot of ways, but the universe led you there, right. Ultimately right. led you there. I know we've covered a lot and I know my listeners are going to love it. Um, I'm so intrigued with that. Yeah. The work that you do. And I know that they will be as well. Is there anything else you feel like we haven't covered that you want to touch on? The 
other thing that will make my blood pressure go up quickly, other than I want my own book, I don't want to co-author, I don't want to get lost in the noise, there's no ROI in a book, what does a book do for me, we've covered all those things. Yeah. The last little piece that will make my blood pressure go up super quick is if someone says not a priority, like I really want to write a book, but I've got to get my business better, like I really want to focus on this next challenge, this next summit, this next launch, this next whatever it is. I would argue that if you do write a solo authored book, you can do so in a way where you create your entire business at the same entire time. So we already talked about how you've got your front end of the funnel if you just parse a book out into different formats because people consume information differently. If you have an end result that you deliver, you know that you don't go from zero to end result. You have to take a sequential series of steps that can be your outline for your book. So first you do this, you have a mini success. Now you feel confident to take the next step. You have a mini success, you accomplish that goal. So you're creating the infrastructure or the framework. When you outline your book that way, you can create your course modules that way. And so you've got the whole thing together. And again, if you write that book right, you are addressing, addressing objections every step of the way. So it makes people want to go get that course from you more quickly without having to deliberate about it. So it's going to shorten your conversion time, shorten your conversion costs. The other thing is if you really want to get your business going faster, she's sauce, go do the book now Yeah, because then people will know who you are and yeah. they're going to read your story and go, Catherine's okay. Like, let me go get that course that she's got. So I feel like you can do both simultaneously, especially if you're only going to do a chapter and not a whole entire book, you can get that out quickly, but a book should not be the thing that is delayed. And again, once you do one, please do more than one and, you know, co-author with this set of people, that set of people, the other set of people, it allows your interest to keep growing. We are curious people. Yeah. We want to explore all sorts of different things. So you met these cool people, do a book with them. You meet these cool people, do a book with them. So that would be my last little pet peeve is like, don't put it off for heaven's yeah. sakes. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's like, I think we do, you know, and again, I get a, a lot of clients that are like, you know, I've spent years trying to grow my social media and they're like putting out all this content and you know, they're online and they're getting visible in all the places. And yet there's some really strategic ways to leverage the communities that you're in that don't require a lot of the costs, right. To, to drive leads, cold leads from Facebook ads or YouTube or whatever to your business, to a lead magnet, right. It's like that book for whatever reason. And I think podcasting too, is like, you instantly get this like authority because it's like, if they're published beside so-and-so or they're on so-and-so show, they must be trustworthy, credible, right? It creates that instant credibility without having to like create a name for yourself through your content um, or other ways in which I think can be the, I say the long game or the slow growth kind of thing, right? So if you're wanting to really accelerate your business book, podcast, you know, these ways in which you can leverage other people's audiences, but also share your business in a very strategic way and, and what you're known for um, is just such a beautiful way to do that. So yeah, don't put it off. <laughs> what I love about what you're saying, and I hope people are really hearing this, is neither you nor I are advocating my way or the highway. Yeah. We do need to do a wide variety of things. I don't ever want someone to be, and I have been in the past, the person is like, Oh my God, I got to do Instagram. Now I got to do Facebook. Now I got to learn TikTok. Now I got to write a book. Now I got to plan a summit. And it's just like, Oh my God. I, again, I yeah. don't do multitasking well anymore these days, or I don't no longer fool myself that I can. So we're not advocating that you do everything all the time, but this is a tool. A book is a tool and social media and podcasting. And when you put them all together, holy moly, so very powerful. Yeah. It is the way that will accelerate you to where you want to go quickly while being that long-term game so that you've got both covered, which means, oh my gosh, you have a stable, thriving business, which is what we want you to have. 
Totally. Totally. Well, it's been such a pleasure connecting with you and having this conversation. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about how they can co-author a book with your agency? Sure. So milliondollarstory.co, so .co um, is the best way. Now, I've already told your listeners that'll throw you into registering for a call and you might get kicked out at that (laughs) point. So the little trick is at the bottom, it'll say support at, and there's an email address. And so if you read the qualifying questions and you aren't there yet, but you still really want to talk to me, go find the email address at the bottom of milliondollarstory.co and you can come in through the back door that way and get to me. Brilliant. I love it. Uh, And we'll link all of that up in the show notes so that our listeners can easily access that for you. Again, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show, Jamie. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a great listener. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at Creatively Owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.